Hey, we're hanging out here at the farm with some sheep because today we're talking about a story that Jesus told called the parable of the lost sheep. I've got a sheep joke for you. Why did the sheep get arrested on the freeway? Because it made a U-turn. It's a bad joke. A fun sheep fact did you know that if a sheep falls down on its back, it can't get up without help? Its legs will just flail down, and it would eventually die unless the shepherd came along and picked it up and, and saved it. So sheep are notorious for playing follow the leader, even if that leader is leading them somewhere dangerous or foolish, or they would end up being lost. The Bible actually talks all the time about how people are kind of like sheep. One reason is because in biblical times, sheep were incredibly valuable. Another reason is because sometimes, just like sheep, people like to play follow the leader too, even if we get lost along the way. Today, we're going to talk about two different types of sheep that Jesus talks about in Luke 15. The lost sheep and then the rest of the flock. Which sheep are you? So we are talking about a parable that Jesus told called the parable of the lost sheep. Now, a parable is a story with a point. And anytime you read a parable in the Bible, you can be thinking about what the characters in the story represent. And maybe one of the characters you can relate to. So be thinking about which sheep are you? So let's start Luke 15, 1. It's tax season, right? So let's start with tax collectors. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Who would you call a notorious sinner? Don't elbow the person next to you. Not a wise idea. I don't think that that is a good way to start your day today. So I kind of think of maybe like a super villain in comic books, like a Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, Thanos type of guy where he, you know, snaps and then like half the world disappears or whatever. You know, that would, that's a notorious sinner, right? Or I don't know. Also, what I think of is people with handlebar mustaches. I don't know why. I just feel there's something sinister about it. Like, how did you get it to be a handlebar? I don't know. Now, we think, what's, what's wrong with hanging out with a tax collector? What's wrong with hanging out with an accountant or somebody from the IRS? I mean, what's the big deal? See, in biblical times, tax collectors were traitors. They were the worst of the worst. They used their position and their influence to steal and to cheat and to harm their neighbors and their friends and their family. See, this is who Jesus is hanging out with. Tax collectors, notorious sinners, kind of literally means the worst of the worst, the outcast. The people that you would say, hey, I don't want you hanging out with them if you're my kid or you're my friend. Like, that's not wise. Don't do that. So if we saw somebody doing this, we'd probably react kind of like the Pharisees. So Jesus is hanging out with these people, and this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain. They complained that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. I mean, can you imagine, what's the, what's the harm with eating with somebody? I mean, I kind of go, well, it depends on what you're eating. I mean, if it's a juicy steak, I'm in. Sushi, I'm in. Brussels sprouts, I'm out. Like, is, is that what's going on here? No. See, they are that angry about what Jesus is doing. Because when you sit down with somebody and you eat with them, that means you know their name. That means you know who they are. That means you are welcomed by them and you are welcoming to them. And that was everything that the Pharisees were against. Why in the world would you be doing that? You can't 
do that, Jesus. They're complaining. They're grumbling. They are not happy about it. So Jesus knows this, and he decides to tell this story. This is the parable. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that's lost until he finds it? So the shepherd in this story, the man in this story represents God. And God takes the initiative. He leaves the 99 sheep that are safe and sound and cared for to go find the one that's missing. Why? Because that one sheep is that valuable. So we kind of miss that in our context culturally now, but sheep are like gold to them. This is something that they would trade. This is something that they would hoard. They wanted as much of it as they could. That one sheep is incredibly valuable. So of course, they knew the answer to the question that Jesus asked. What would he do? They knew the shepherd was going to go and search for it until he finds it. Keep searching. Now, I have to admit to you, I am not good at searching at all. Like, I'm really bad. If you had a search party, I should not be on it. I will walk right past whatever you are looking for. I promise you that. Ask my wife, Abby. I ask her for things all the time. Where's my wallet? Where's my shoes? Where are my kids? Who am I? Where do I go? What do I do? Where do I work? What is going on? It's bad, y'all. But the shepherd, he goes until he finds it. He's relentless. He keeps going. He doesn't give up. Even though these other 99 are over here, they're safe, but they're over here. He says, I'm going to go because I care about that sheep so much. That sheep is deeply valuable to me. Luke 15, 5 through 6. And when he's found it, you know, that lost sheep, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. I mean, he scoops it up. He's not going to lose it again. He scoops it up. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. I mean, God throws a party when he finds the lost sheep. That's how joyful he is. I mean, who throws a party for finding something that they've lost? So I was thinking about this. Have you ever lost your wallet or your purse? I mean, you look everywhere and you got past like a, hey, Abby, do you know where my wallet is phase? Because that's where I would start. But it's been a day or it's been two or it's been a week and you're looking at your like accounts online going, did somebody steal it? Like, is my money gone? And then you realize, oh no, I have to go to the BMV and get a new driver's license. And you're freaking out. Because like, I don't want to do that. And then you find it. You find that wallet and you're so relieved. Maybe you go, yes. Okay, let's up the ante. Have you ever, I don't know, say lost a child at an amusement park? Not that we have. I mean, we have, but not that we have. See, the joy that you feel in that moment, he was gone for like an hour. Our son Asher, he was gone. We didn't know. We're freaking out. Worst case scenarios all over the map. I'm pretty sure Abby, my wife, still has her arms wrapped around him. That's how valuable he is. We, we probably shouldn't have given him cotton candy when we found him. You know, that's teaching. That's bad parenting, but I digress. See, the shepherd represents God, and he throws a party when he finds the one that's lost. So in the story, the 99 sheep represent people who have already been found, already follow Jesus, already been saved. So this is Luke 15, 7. So in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner, you know, that lost sheep who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So which sheep are you? Are you the one or are you the 99? Because this parable is saying there's more joy in heaven when somebody turns to Jesus than if 99 believers keep on believing in what they believe in. Why? Because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Now, I want to talk directly to the 99. If you consider yourself 
the 99. I kind of do. I would say that this is probably where I would land. You know, these are people who want to be faithful, who don't want to stray away, who follow Jesus. See, we forget when we're in the 99 that we were once the lost sheep. We forget that this parable is about how we're all so loved. We're all in need of being sought out. We've all been scooped up if we're on the 99. We've been placed on the shoulders of the shepherd. And God rejoiced. He threw a party when that happened. This is the good news. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And if you believe in Jesus, if you're a 99er, we have this opportunity to be a part of the search party and to be a part of the celebration when people follow Jesus, because we know how important it is. So which sheep are you? Do you consider yourself the 99? Because here's the trick of this. Remember, Jesus is talking to two groups of people in this story. He's talking to the notorious sinners, and he's talking to the Pharisees. And the 99 represent the Pharisees. These people are grumbling and mumbling against Jesus. They are not happy about Jesus going and finding the notorious sinner. They're not celebrating. See, listen, as a 99er, it's easy to get confused. We think it's either or. We think that, hey, since Jesus came to seek and save the lost, once we are found, once we follow him, he doesn't care about us anymore. And that's an incredibly limited view of Jesus. See, Jesus can do both. Jesus isn't less loving to the 99 because he's seeking and saving the one lost sheep. He's saying, come with me, be the search party, help me find this. And the religious leaders were mortified at the time that Jesus is hanging out with the notorious sinner. How dare he? And we forget we were lost. We are lost at times. We wander away. We forget we need his grace just as much today as we did yesterday and the day before that. What can we learn? As a 99er, what can we learn from this story? Well, one thing is, I think we have a choice. As a 99er, we have a choice. We can celebrate and we can be a part of the search party or we can grumble. And I have to admit to you, I often choose, even in my heart, I might not say it out loud, but I often choose grumbling. Like, ah, why doesn't that feel that way to me? It's not about me. Help me. Come on, God. It's about me. So which sheep are you? Are you the 99? Or maybe you're, you're not, and you go, well, am I the one? I mean, if you are, you're in good company. But you might be thinking, hey, man, I don't feel lost. Don't be calling me that. I, I don't call myself a notorious sinner, although I've been thinking that's an amazing DJ name, like DJ Notorious Sinner coming at you. It's a, it's a really good one. You're welcome. But, but you might be thinking, hey, I'm not the one. I'm not a project. I'm not a goal. And you're right. You're a person, and we have a value here at the Ridge. Nothing matters if people don't matter. And I believe you matter. And you might think, look, I'm not a 99er. I, I don't know if I would say I'm lost. I'm somewhere in between. And I want you to know my hope for you is that you feel comfortable enough here at the Ridge. You feel loved. You feel valued. You feel known so that you can figure out what you believe. You don't need to figure it out before you get here. I don't have it all figured out either. But I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus came to seek and save all of us. Me, you, 99 or 1 doesn't matter. He loves you, and I am so thankful that he loves you, and he loves me right where we are. If you're a person, he loves you. No matter what you think of yourself, you matter to him. No matter how much you think you've messed up or how great you think you are, you matter to him. Notorious sinner, which we all are, by the way, you matter to him. Wandered away like a sheep, you matter to him. He wants to eat with you. He wants to sit down with you. He loves you. And my promise to you is when you surrender your life to Jesus, when you follow Jesus, we will rejoice with you because heaven is throwing a party. That's why we do what we do here at the Ridge. 
This is what Jesus is all about, seeking and saving those who need him, which is all of us. So sometimes in this story, I relate to the 99. That's a good reminder. I can be a part of the search party. I can be a part of what Jesus is doing, but I'm definitely part of the one because I am a notorious sinner. So which sheep are you? See, today we have this opportunity to live this out. The band is going to come out right now behind me, and we have this opportunity to celebrate what Jesus is doing in lives of people in our community right now, real people. We have people today who want to be baptized, and baptism is this outward expression of this inward decision that they've made to follow Jesus. Jesus has been searching for them. He scooped them up. He put them on his shoulders, and today they want to celebrate with all of you to show all of you how amazing Jesus really is, and we get to be a part of the party. So join me. I mean, I could do that all day. Don't worry, we won't. But what a great reminder. What a great reminder that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It's a great reminder of our vision here at the Ridge to do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. See, I believe Jesus is so important that I have, as a follower of him, a responsibility to do whatever it takes because he did whatever it takes for me. So I have a responsibility to love our community, to love my neighbor, to love my family, and to love my friends, and to love my enemies we want to do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus right where they are. And honestly, I don't want to go to a church that doesn't want to do whatever it takes. I want to be a part of a place that seeks to love people and respond to the way God loves us by caring more about other people than we do for ourselves. Why? Because Jesus seeks and saves the lost. See, I believe God sends the 99 in that story who follow Jesus to help other people know Jesus. And we get to be a part of it. We get to party with him. So how is God prompting us here at the Ridge to do whatever it takes today? So here's, here's one way I believe he's, he's prompting us right now, by launching an online campus by Easter of 2021. We're running out of time. It's next week. So in case you were wondering, we believe that we've been prompted by God to launch an online campus by Easter of 2021. Well, why launch an online campus? Well, here, here, here's the reason. Here's the goal. It's actually the same for in-person. See, the goal for online and in-person church is for people to follow Jesus with all they've got. This is just another way to say, do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. So why do we want to have an online campus? Because we believe that's where people are. It's about people. It's not about buildings. It's not about attendance. It's not about flashy anything. It's not about technology. It is about people. And the average amount of time a person in 2020 was on social media, anybody know this, two hours and three minutes a day. That's, that's where people are. That's where you all are, many of you. And I'm bad at math. I'm a pastor. I'm bad at math. But that's over 14 hours a week, which blows one hour on Sunday out of the water. It's 750 hours a year. And the reality is that's not even counting Netflix or Hulu People are online. They consume content. You consume content online more quickly than you do anything else. So we have decided we are going to go where people are. We're not expecting them to come to us. Hey, come and see, come and see. I mean, that's not a bad thing, but we're going to go and search. 
So our online campus is going to do everything else that we do in this physical location that I'm standing in right now, but online. So here's what that means. You can view videos from our Ridge Kids ministry. You can engage with student ministry on their social media. You can join an online group here in a couple of weeks. We're going to start some groups that are talking about grace. You can volunteer online. You can give online. You can sign up for things all online. Our online campus is going to help make it possible to do this to follow Jesus with all that they've got. Here's the way that I've been thinking about it. If you were to tell me this story, hey, somebody decided to surrender their lives to Jesus. They decided to follow him. They give, they they volunteer. They're in a group, but they've never set foot in our campus physically. Is that a win or a loss? And I tell you, at the depths of my heart, that is a win. If they're following Jesus with all they've got, that's all I care about. See, the goal for online and in-person church is for people to follow Jesus with all they've got. So the online campus isn't this imaginary thing. It's no less imaginary than Facebook or than Instagram. And so I want to give you three important ways that you can practically be a part of the online campus starting right now, starting today. So here's the first way. I'm really excited to let you all know that right now we are launching a Ridge app. I'm really excited about that. That's something that you can go, you can download it right now. See, why an app? It's the entire online campus right in your hand. It's right in your pocket. So the app is designed to remove those excuses and those barriers for people. Hey, I wasn't able to make it. I wasn't able to check you out. I wasn't able to go. Nope, it's in your hand. You're there at least two hours and three minutes a day. So why don't you go and you can sign up for things. You can give from anywhere you are. You can communicate with us. You can connect. You can grow. You can take a next step. You can do all of those things. The app is a virtual way to say, I want to be a part of it. I want to be involved. I want to take my next step. I want to do whatever it takes. So I'd encourage you right now, wherever you are, if you're at home, if you're in this room, take out that smartphone and text the long word Ridge Columbus app. It's one word, Ridge Columbus app to 77977. So the link is sent to you. You can download it. You can search for it. You know, use these as your co- you know, search words, Ridge Columbus app in the app store and stuff like that. It's a great way to be a part of what we're doing digitally and online. So that's the first way that you can be a part of, of this online campus. Here's the second way. So the, the online campus is actually made up of real people. They might not be gathered in the same place, and we need people to volunteer. Volunteering to me is just a way to respond to what Jesus has done. He's, he's came to seek and to save us. And if, and if you follow him, you can volunteer so other people can follow him. So we have all sorts of ways to engage people through volunteering, both in person, we have some of those needs right now, and online. So how do you, how do, you do that? Well, you can head over to the app. See how convenient that is? So you can sign up right there in the app, or you can go to theridge.org slash volunteer. I would encourage you to do it. If you've ever thought, you know, I don't know, or, or if you're still going, hey, I don't know if I want to be in person quite yet. You know, I, I just don't know how to kind of get back engaged in that. Well, we've removed all of those excuses. You can volunteer online as well. And maybe you're thinking, I already volunteered. Do you need me to do something else? Well, maybe. But also, you can be a part of the online campus by asking somebody else to volunteer. You know somebody who's just great on social media, super social media savvy? They could be a part of our social media team. You know somebody who's just good at relating with people? They could be 
a leader of an online group. See, me standing up here telling somebody to volunteer isn't nearly as effective as you talking to your friend or your neighbor or your spouse who's connected at the ridge to volunteer. So I'd encourage you, online campus, be a part of that app. Download it right now. I would encourage you to volunteer. Those are two ways. And here's the last way. It's to invite. I believe people are incredibly open to spiritual conversations right now. I need hope. I don't know about you, but I need it. And I believe Jesus brings hope in a way that I can't even fully comprehend. And people want to understand what Jesus is all about. And Easter is the best Sunday to invite somebody to join you at church. And you can do it a lot of different ways. And it can be in person and it can be online. So I'd encourage you, here's a challenge for you. Invite one person or one family. Take that challenge. You call yourself a ridger. Even if you don't, if you're just like, hey, I check you out, I kind of like you all, whatever, invite one family with you. Every single person who calls Ridge the church home. So I'm committing to this. I am going to do this. I'm going to seek and I'm going to search and I'm going to make sure that I am inviting someone to join us next week. Now, next Sunday is Easter. We have four identical services, just special for Easter. We have a 9, 10, 11, and noon with full kids programming. All of those are online as well. And if you have friends coming over for an Easter egg hunt, or you have friends coming over for you know, Easter lunch anyways, think about inviting them maybe an hour early and watch church online together. And if they say no, say no Easter lunch for you. It's pretty simple. Also, what are you having for Easter lunch? I might be there might just show up. I mean, if you need help, kind of think of this through. If you need help inviting, check out theridge.org slash invite. You can, you can do that right there. We have graphics and helpful language for you to use. You can actually get to, to that from the app as well. Suggestions on how to engage the people you know, things that you could post on social media, questions that you might have, all of which you can use to invite your friends to church. So there are the three ways you can be a part of the online campus right now from wherever you are. You can download the app, you can volunteer, and you can invite lots of ways to be a part of the online campus. But my encouragement to you is don't forget the why. See, I believe that Jesus is so important that I want to do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ, to reach my neighbor, to reach my friend, to reach my family, to reach my enemy. It doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's not about the ridge. It is about Jesus. And I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus came to seek and to save you. Whether you're a 99er or a 1er or somewhere in between, Jesus came to do whatever it takes to reach you, which is why we do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. We want people to have the hope of Jesus. That's it. We want people to have the hope and the love and the joy and the peace that comes from following the creator of the universe. We want people to be reached in our community for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I am, in so, I am so thankful for the way that you love us. You don't love us in in the ways that sometimes we even want and, or, or we understand. You love us perfectly. You loved us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. That's what we're celebrating next week because it doesn't end with the cross. You, you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that he would go to the grave, so that he would conquer death, so he would come out and that we could live free and we could be in right relationship with you. You came to seek and to save me, a notorious sinner. 
and I am just so thankful for your love. I am so thankful for the cross. I am so thankful that we have a responsibility to seek and to save the people around us, that we can be a part of the search party. I am so thankful that you scooped us up, put us on your shoulders, you brought us back, and that you are celebrating today. We love you. Help us do whatever it takes, not for our own purposes, not for anything other than to respond to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen.